Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be uh, episode 96 of The Informed Catholic, episode 96. And we're going to do the readings for the first week of Advent. This is going to be Tuesday of the first week of Advent, so... Uh, entrance antiphon is going to be from Zechariah chapter 14, verse 5 and 7. Behold, the Lord will come and all his holy ones with him. And on that day, there will be a great light. Okay, let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts, in my words, in what I have done, and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me and with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie Lysion, Kyrie Lysion, Kyrie Lysion, Christea Lysion, Christea Lysion, Christea Lysion, Kyrie Lysion, Kyrie Lysion, Kyrie Lysion. And uh, we'll uh, skip the uh, Gloria. And, uh, you know, it, re- it already makes me miss it a little uh, more now. I, re- I really do love the Gloria. All right, so the collect prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, look with favor, Lord God, on our petitions and in our trials, grant us your compassionate help that consoled by the presence of your Son, whose coming we now await. We may be tainted no, no longer by the corruption of former ways. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. So uh, before I begin the reading, uh, I posted on episode 95, which uh, uh, yesterday, and I did a reading, uh, not a reading, but a, a report on the um, a um, Church of England minister who went up to the pulpit and gave a horrible sermon or homily, whatever you want to call it, where he said that our Lord was a transgender, was transgender. And even went ahead so far to say that the piercing of his side was a acquainted, uh, he, he compared it to a, a sexual penetration and compared his wound to that of a, vag- of a vagina. <laughs> Even saying it is, is horrifying. It's really disgusting. But this form of heresy um, is something like Arianism because Arianism, Arius wanted to make a, uh, Christianity make the Christian faith acceptable to an elite Roman class that probably had a shallow conversion to begin with under Constantine. 
you know, they didn't like the morality of Christianity, the way Christianity limited their moral, their immoral behavior. It's sad that we got to, that we are going through this. I mean, first of all, that's the Church of England. But then we also have our James Martins. And then we also have others that are trying to, to pull down Christ and make him, um, bring him down to the profane. Coming up with these ridiculous wild, imaginatory ideas. Uh, a friend of mine said that back in the 80s, uh, feminists wanted to even say, how do you know Jesus was, was a man? And yet, sadly, there's a lot of conservative Catholics that won't do anything, that won't say anything. No, there's a lot that will speak up. But there's a lot that uh, many others who call themselves conservatives won't do anything, won't say anything. It's, it's, it is absolutely pathetic. Paul said that in the final days, there'll be men, ministers of, of Christ, who will have itching ears and go after imaginatory or wild, uh, wild ideas that will corrupt and pollute the church. Well, here we are. We have them. The German bishops are also trying to make, they want to be Catholic their way. And they want to make the church accommodating to uh, same-sex unions. They want to make the church accommodating to transgenderism. They want to make the, they want to, they want to uh, bring in um, uh, women priests. They want to bring in gay priests. They want to have gay weddings. All right. I mean, this is this is what we this is what we got. This is what we got. I mean, I remember I saw an image of uh, Cardinal Raihan Marx uh, at an altar with a golden, what looks like a gold bowl, with incense, waving it around. I mean, it it wasn't even a traditional Catholic thing. Uh, you know, the incense burner with the chain. It was literally almost like watching a pagan a pagan ritual. They want to be Catholic their way. And this is all happening under the synodal way. <sighs> Unbelievable. I, I honestly have to say that the only thing we have left, we have to do, is that we have to do reparations for these sinful uh, thinking, this wild, blasphemous thinking. We have to pray for them. We have to um, fast, offer penance, reparation, reparation and pray for their conversion. It's all under the power and the authority of Christ. All authority of heaven and earth have been handed over to him.
and he knows what's going on. But we have to also speak up. This is why I do a podcast like this. It's exhausting. You know, it's exhausting when you, when you, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to argue and report these blasphemous things, but as a Catholic and a convert, I, I'm compelled to because I owe it to him. And yet I am a sinner. I go to confession. I, I stumble, I fall. I struggle with my own sins. And yet I love him. I love Jesus Christ. And I love the Catholic Church. I love being a Catholic. I love and I I wish I could be a I want to be holy for him. I want to be better. I don't want to be the weak sinner that I am, but I but I cannot say I am not a sinner. Or else, or else I am a liar and I struggle with my own sins but I also want my fellow Catholics to have faith I want my fellow Catholics to be strong I want my I don't want people to be to be corrupted or polluted I know Catholics at work at my job the minute they see an article that says something that scares them, frightens them. They send it to me. And they want to know, what does this mean? Like there was an article of some Gnostic gospels that someone that someone is claiming proves that Jesus Christ is not God. The person, the person I know, this fellow Catholic, is not... Um, is not the kind of person that's going to put the time um, to 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 shift through these things. Um, it's not, you know. I don't want to say negative things, but there's a lot of people that just don't invest the time and the effort. If you learn about your faith, and you listen and you pick up enough books and you read positive books, books that tell you the things of what's true and what's not true, of where do all these assumptions and ideas come from and to show you the evidence, the evidence basically that this doesn't prove it, doesn't, this does not disprove the Christian faith. All right. History, historical evidence. Um, I mean, a couple of weeks, not too long ago, um, there was an, an, an Amazon documentary and a bunch of scholars that would have been probably part of the Jesus Seminar. And they wanted to say that it was the Roman Empire and some Roman emperor that decided to create a whole new religion and make the rabbi of Nazareth, the crucified rabbi of Nazareth into a Christ and create a whole new religion to transform the empire. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely stupid. And these guys look like leftovers from the Jesus seminar. 
that practically were saying the same thing. They wanted to say that Christianity was created by an old Roman emperor. And the worst part is they wanted to they, they wanted to get their hands on Jewish manuscripts, the Jewish books, to see what they say in there. Like they don't like you had the Subduagent. You couldn't get your hands on the Subduagent, which was the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And when do Romans even bother about what a Jewish manuscript says? They're going to put that time, that much time and that much effort on a Messiah, an idea, a Jewish concept of a, of a savior that completely is alien to a Roman pagan thinking and Roman pagan morality. Romans would not put that much effort. They would not waste their time doing that. That's too much. And then literally they were calling St. Paul a... Um, a collaborator with the Romans. Can you imagine that? A Pharisee, a collaborator with the Romans, a a trained scholar, a trained Jewish scholar, trained for the Jewish religion, who will undermine his Jewish faith to work with the pagan, with the pagans. And not only that, they even called Josephus a collaborator. Josephus was accused of being a collaborator, but Josephus was most definitely someone who tried to save his religion, tried to save his people, tried to save the temple. I wouldn't exactly call him a collaborator. He, he basically did not see hope by constantly fighting the Romans he wanted to find a way to save his people. I wouldn't call him a collaborator. But this is the kind of thinking they're doing. They're trying, they're, they're basically their whole idea is to sell their stupid book, which will end up at Strands for a cheap price. They've tried this over and over and over again. They've tried to discredit Jesus Christ. They tried to smear him with every kind of vile thing. They try to destroy the resurrection. They try to to even uh, find ways to say that he was turned into a god. He was turned into a, uh, a something of a half, half uh, uh, a Jewish god that in order to unite the empire. It, it's absolutely nonsense. They tried this over and over again, and they and they failed. They will fail again, and they will fail again in the future. Okay, this this is this is absolutely nonsense. The whole the image of the, of art, images that were adopted, are accidental by nature. It was universally common theme to have a an image with a a robe or over a shoulder, and um, the anchor the anchor used in the Christian image to represent the cross 
you could may find something similar to it in other images that have no relate, but they don't have necessarily have to have any relation. But the point is, is that art is universal by nature. You can take something, the Pax Romana, the Pax Romana of Rome, the piece of Rome. Later on, it will become the Pax Christi, the Cairo, the image of the Pax with a cross image. The uh, kind of like a combination of Roman and Greek was a universal image. It was, you know, it became a symbol for Christian Romans, who were yes, who were literally campaigning to make the empire Christian when when Christians came out in the open. Christians were campaigning out in the open because they wanted to save they wanted to save their their country, their home, their land, their, their people from self-destruction. Rome was in a civil war. Constantine was in a civil war. And the, the hope for the empire, the hope for Rome, the hope for Italy, the hope for that civilization was the Christian religion. But it was by no means a Roman pagan concept. Constantine's mother was Christian. Constantine himself had friends that were Christian. Did Constantine fully understand what the Christian faith was? Absolutely not. Did he have to, even after he, you know, he sort of legalized it, he was still a Roman. I mean, he was still a pagan, a pagan man. He didn't uh, get baptized till he was close to his deathbed. He killed, he killed before his baptism. He had enemies. He had family members that were plotting against him. I'm not justifying the man. I'm just saying he was a pagan. He did not fully comprehend. And I think, you know, you got to realize that someone in that high, high ranking position is not going to fully comprehend unless he did. We don't, we don't even have any writings. I don't think of Constantine's um, understanding of the Christian faith or else we'd be reading them. No, I think his understanding was uh, at first probably passive passive what I mean by in a sense that it, I kind of imagine like most like he wasn't someone who was probably deeply theological or deeply philosophical but this is my opinion I could be wrong all right let's go on to the reading all right so the first reading is from Isaiah chapter 11 verse 10 the spirit of the Lord God shall rest upon him. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. On that day, a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and of, of, and of understanding, a spirit of counsel and of strength a spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord and his delight shall be the fear of the Lord. Not by appearance shall he judge nor by hearsay shall he decide, but he shall judge the poor with justice 
and decide aright for the lands afflicted. He shall strike the ruthless with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Justice shall be the band around his waist, and faithfulness a belt upon his hips. Then the wolf shall be a guest of the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the young lion shall browse together, with a little child to guide them. The cow and the bear shall be neighbors. Together their young shall rest. The lion shall eat hay like the ox. The baby shall play by the cobra's den. And the child lay his hand on the adder's lair. There shall be no harm or ruin on all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be filled with knowledge of the Lord, as waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse, set up as a signal for the nations, the Gentiles shall seek out for his dwelling, shall be glorious. On that day, the root of Jesse, set up a signal for the nations, the Gentiles shall seek out the, his, for his dwelling shall be glorious. I don't think um, this is something that a Roman Empire, a Roman empire, emperor, or any Roman senator or conspirator can actually come up with, waste time with something like this. This is extremely transcendental the the scriptures are are something that most political leaders can pull away i mean they could try to manipulate it but this is not something that um a political leader can manipulate or any political group or party can manipulate you know, we look at, um, look what's happening now in China. Um, they have a problem. They have a problem with the idea of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ contradicts everything that the Marxist ideology wants. Or any tyrannical, tyrannical uh, political group can deal with. You know, the other day, uh, this man who was on a show, a YouTube channel called Midnight's Edge, he talked about that he worked with people from Taiwan and people from the mainland of China to help put movies. And the people from the mainland of China, though they loved the hero, they could not imagine anyone from the who belonged or was under the power of the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, can be a hero. They don't. They don't look out for for each other. They don't look out for each other. They don't want to have anything to deal. They don't believe that helping your fellow citizen or saving an innocent life, 
that's something for the government to do. It's not something for a citizen to do. So you see, the government is God. Henry VIII, when he took over, broke the, the church, the Catholic church, away from Rome and created his own um, church, competed with the image of Christ. Here is a lustful man, a passionate man. It showed even physically in his life. He, the man wrestled with holiness and with materialism. He wrestled with the spirit and the flesh. The spirit of justice, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. Not, you know, not by appearance shall he judge, nor by hearsay shall he decide, but he shall judge the poor with justice and decide aright for the lands afflicted. He shall strike the ruthless with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Justice shall be the band around his waist, and faithfulness a belt upon his hips. Then the wolf shall be a guest of the lamb. And these are basically metaphors. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the young lion shall browse together with a little child to guide them. The cow and the, and the bear shall be neighbors. Together their young shall rest. The lion shall eat hay like the ox the baby shall play by the cobra's den and the child shall lay his hand on the adder's lair. There shall be no harm or ruin on all my holy mountain for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as water covers the sea. What does that mean? It means the holy mountain, all the sinners, saints, the good, the bad, the evil, wicked-minded one shall all find salvation on, on the mountain of the Lord, the church, the Christ, the new order, the real new order, the order that will be set up by the Messiah, the Son of God, the Christ. The holy mountain is the church. And, and the knowledge of the Lord shall cover the earth the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as water covers the sea. The water of life. That, that, that he, let him who comes to me drink living water. And then at the end of this, the root of Jesse set up a signal for, this, for the nations. The Gentiles shall seek out, for his dwelling shall be glorious. It starts off here, ending with Jesse. It begins with, a shoot shall sprout from the stomp of Jesse. King David's father. Not even King David, but King David's father. He must have been a real holy man. He must, he, the one who fathered King David is the one that the root shall sprout from because he was a humble man. Kind of think of it like, in a sense, like St. Joseph. Joseph is a descendant of King David. He is a descendant of Jesse. Everything is pointing to Christ. Nations, king, nations, political parties, 
They're like cults. They're like cults and they want to win. They, they, and cults really have power. They want power. And that's, and this is, and this is what we're, we're fighting with. They, they want power. Just like in, in Russia, during the time of the czar, it was all about power. Hitler, Hitler himself wanted power and he could not, and he would not have a church compete against him. Uh, the Catholic church, especially, and even China refuses to let the Catholic church compete against it. They don't want competition. It will be the God. The communist party is God. That's it. Period. And here we're also fighting with ideology like this. We're fighting with ideology like this because a lot of people, they do not want, they don't want to rock the boat. They want to believe the government has to take care of me. The government should take care of me. So they worry about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, where they're going to sleep, what, what they're going to wear. And our Lord tells us, do not fear for the Gentiles seek these things too. Evil people seek these things too. Ruthless sinners seek these things too. We're all sinners. So we have to look towards him. We know with a political regime, any political regime, we're just property. But in this case, with Christ, we're, we're his. We don't belong to the world. We belong to him. We serve him and we give our lives to him. And in return, we will get eternal life. Okay. Psalm 72. Justice shall flourish in his time and fullness of peace forever. O God, with your judgment endow the king and with your justice the king's son. He shall govern your people with justice and your afflicted ones with judgment. Justice shall flourish in his time and fullness of peace forever. Justice shall flower in his days and profound peace till the moon be no more. May he rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Justice shall flourish in his time and fullness of peace forever. He shall rescue the poor when he cries out and the afflicted when he has no one to help him. He shall have pity for the lowly and the poor. The lives of the poor he shall save. Justice shall flourish in his time and fullness of peace forever. May his name be blessed forever. As long as the sun, his name shall remain. In him shall the tribes of the earth be blessed. All nations shall proclaim his happiness. Justice shall flourish in his time and fullness of peace forever. Let's look at this psalm the way it, it, I mean, think about it. Look how it speaks of Christ. We just read Isaiah and Isaiah speaks of Christ. It talks about the nations. Think about it. The Jews were a rather xenophobic people. Okay, they didn't care. Remember when I mentioned that when Christ cleared up 
the money changers and the buying and selling and animals. It was in the court of the Gentiles. And when he cleared it up, this is something I have to say that I think a lot of our ministers, our pastors, our priests fail to do. Why did Jesus need to do that? Why did he have to go and overturn the tables and chase them out, create a rope and beat them and, and chase off the animals, the sheep, the goats, the lambs, and the, 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 the doves for sacrifice. Why? Because they were in the court of the Gentiles and Gentiles basically means the nations, the non-Jews. And he said, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it into a den of thieves. Now here, this king, and in my view, it's speaking of God, the father and God, the son, it's using metaphor. All right. You should govern your people with justice and your afflicted ones with judgment. All right. And it goes on to the next one. Justice shall flower in his days and profound peace till the moon be no more. May he rule from sea to sea, from sea to sea. Why would they write this? They probably has never gone and seen the Atlantic Ocean from sea to sea. This is something strange when you think about it. They probably have not seen, maybe I'm sure they've seen the Mediterranean Sea, but they haven't seen a vast ocean like the Atlantic. But here from sea to sea, he shall rule. This is really interesting. And from the river to the ends of the earth, where does this come from? The ends of the earth. Israel is a small kingdom, a very small kingdom. This is pretty wild kind of writing when you think about it. Pretty ambitious writing when you think about it. And then it goes on. He shall rescue the poor when he the poor when he cries out, and the afflicted when he has no one to help him. He shall have pity for the lowly and the poor. The lives the poor he shall save. In that time no one ever cared about the poor and the afflicted, those who had nothing, those who could offer nothing. In kingdoms, in, in that time, kings could have cared less. If you were poor, that's your, that's the gods, the gods have cursed you. Next one. May his name be blessed forever. As long as the sun, his name shall remain. In him shall the tribes of the earth be blessed. Again, it's referring to the nations. All nations shall proclaim his happiness. The Jewish people did not, did not go out uh, trying to convert the nations. That was not, that was not part of the, the deal for them. But yet God did say that my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. They, they were to, supposed to be a role model, an example to win the nations over. So I 
I doubt that I think any Roman emperor really wants to conform to Judaism. Plus, nobody, no, I don't think any Roman wanted at the time to be circumcised. And at the same time, I don't think they wanted to adopt the dietary laws. But even though Christianity would not be uh, something that a Roman emperor would would want to conform to, the morality of the Christian religion is above and beyond something a Roman can comprehend. All right, let's move on. All right, so here we have now the gospel. Alleluia, alleluia. Behold, our Lord shall come with power. He will enlighten the eyes of his servants. Alleluia, alleluia. The reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 10, verse 21 to 24. Jesus rejoices in the Holy Spirit. Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I give you praise, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, you have revealed them to the childlike. Yes, Father, such as, such as has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Turning to the disciples in private, he said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I say to you, many prophets and kings desire to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 10, verse 21 to 24. Jesus rejoices in the Holy Spirit. Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I give you praise, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. For although you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, you have revealed them to the childlike. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son. Excuse me, sorry. No one knows the Son except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Turning to the disciples in private, he said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I say to you, many prophets and kings desire to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. The Gospel of the Lord Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, as we were talking earlier, or as I was um, reflecting on earlier about all these, these perverted things that these wise and learned professors, the Lord has hidden, as he says here, our Lord, our Lord, our Lord saw this coming. 
I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, you have revealed them to the childlike. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. The, the, the wise and learned, <laughs> we have been given such a beautiful faith. A faith that basically hits at the pride and vanity of learned men, of professors, that goes against their ego, their pride, their image. It goes against their intellect that they hold with such great value. Christ is a stumbling block to the wise and learned, to the powerful, to those who think they know the truth or they think they don't need to know the truth or they hate and despise the truth because it goes against them, against their, their spiritual defect their sinful nature. They cannot bend the knee. They refuse to admit that they are nothing. They are nothing. And we are nothing. We ourselves, we are nothing without Christ. In him, we find our our true nature, our, our true nature that God intended us to be. His children with grace, the life, sanctified grace, the life of God in us, the relationship with God. That's the whole point. Our, when we are in our sinful state, a fallen state, the sinful fallen state is not the natural state that was never intended to be. The real natural state was to be in the state of grace, in the state of God's holiness, to be in a relationship with God. When we fell in, when our parents fell into sin, we, we inherited it, but we also chose it in a way you could say. We, our nature reached out to the forbidden fruit. Our nature reaches out whenever we commit sin. And even when we're born with that defect, that's why Christ came to correct that defect, to take away, to wipe it away. But intellectual man, prideful man, the and I'm speaking here, man as I'm using it for all professors, all people, they cannot handle this. You know, they can't they can't accept it. It takes a lot for an intellectual person to admit that they don't know nothing. And to know nothing is the first stage, I think, of learning. When you realize that you really don't know anything, and therefore you have to admit that you don't know nothing about God. But, they, but their imagination, their pride, their arrogance, in a sense, is angry and hateful, and therefore has to bring God down to their level and raise themselves higher.
This is why we're in the mess that we're in. <laughs> this is why we have these blasphemous things. This is why we have the Jesus seminar. This is why we have this uh, uh, idea that the Romans made Jesus into God. This is why we have to come up with um, uh, the Hindu Jesus, the Buddhist Jesus, the New Age Jesus, the cosmic Jesus, the transgender Jesus, the LGBT Jesus, um, the Jesus of, uh, of science, the Jesus of, um, the, the, the secret society of Jesus, of the Da Vinci Code, all those particular things and all of them fall away because they're stupid. They're on the pile of trash, a complete stupidity. And in the end, they wind up meaning nothing. And because it is nothing, it winds up in a bookstore being sold for 25 cents, maybe even, you know, if someone wants to buy it or no one wants to read it because it's stupid. The Passover plot, the idea that, that it was a, a plot or something, I don't know. It's so stupid that you got to laugh. You know, you have to laugh about it. It just does. It's, it's complete nonsense. Jesus Christ means eternal life. Jesus Christ is salvation. You and I will find, we find our real selves, our real joy, our real happiness in him. And he promised us, he promised us salvation. There are no easy words to describe what it means to follow Jesus. One has to come and see, as Christ said. He reveals who you are. He reveals himself to you. And by revealing himself to you, he opens up possibilities. Possibilities of such unbelievable freedom. When you get to know him, you want to get to know him even more. And sometimes, yes, it's very hard to use, to describe the words, but he is true divine love. He's true salvation. He is true freedom. He is true joy. All you have to do is come and see and get to know him. All right, I'm going to end it here. And uh, I'll come back uh, with another one. That's a uh, cl closing prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God bless.